0: This is episode 74 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hi there. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I'm grateful to have your ear for the next little bit and hope the following conversation brings you encouragement and what has been a difficult time for so many. This is the end of March 2020. Um, we are in the midst of experiencing all of the lockdown and social distancing measures of COVID-19. And I know that every family's experience with this is different. Some people are on the front lines in essential industries. Some of us are home and Quarantined away from everyone that we know and love beyond our nuclear family, and it has been a really difficult time. But we wanted to continue on with the podcast, um, exploring more from the Peaceful Home series together because we feel like it's really um, something that is uh, an important part of wrapping up our series. So we thank you for being here to listen. Um, the following conversation is about kind of finding peace within ourselves by quieting the criticism we have, the negativity, and the thoughts that cause us to dwell on what has not been great about our lives about ourselves and it's just such an encouraging conversation with Lindsay Cornett and Robin Chapman um, I hope you find a lot in it that blesses you and if you're interested in finding more from our peaceful home series it just seems such an appropriate series in advance of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, we invite you over to kindredmom.com to check it out and thank you so much for listening today Well, I'm really pleased to have Lindsay Cornette and Robin Chapman with me today as we take one more step in our Peaceful Home series. And ladies, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, it's good to be here. Hi,
0: friends. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really glad that we are able to convene. Uh, we postponed this episode because of all the stuff that's going on in the world and just not really knowing how to respond. Um, I'd love to just have a mini check-in for just a couple minutes about how you're each doing, how your household have been responding in the midst of the pandemic
2: situation? Yeah, good question. We are doing okay over here. My kids have been surprisingly cooperative and well-behaved and lovely Mm. since we've been home over the past week or so, which I just feel like is a gift from Jesus directly to me. Mm. My own anxiety kind of seems to come and go in waves. There are days when I feel fine and moments when I feel fine. And there are other moments when all of a sudden I'm like just overwhelmed at the enormity of what is going on in the world. I started to notice that, especially at nighttime, uh, mm-hmm. and as we get closer to, to my own bedtime, maybe because the house is quiet and the kids are all tucked away in bed. Um, that's when I start to feel a little bit anxious. But I think that overall, you know, we're all healthy. We're here at home. We have what we need. Um, so we're doing okay overall. But man, this is a crazy time.
0: Yeah, it is.
2: How
1: about your, you, your toilet paper sitch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're good on <laughs>
0: toilet paper.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: me? I'm good. Um, I would say um, things feel like they're calming down a little bit just within my household that everybody kind of gets that This is just how things are right now. And there's not a lot we can do about it. So there's not a lot of protests either. And I think it just took uh, a couple weeks because we're um, at the time of this recording, we have been on voluntary quarantine for the first week and we're at the end of the second week that was a mandatory uh, quarantine from the government. And so I feel like two weeks in, we are faring very well as far as our relationships, our home peace, And like you, Lindsay, later evening is when anxiety comes on. And I think that's somewhat due to the... Nature of like just powering through the day, and you have things that need to be done, and less space to really deeply consider the hardship and difficulties that people around the world are facing. I feel like evening is also when you have more time just to mentally process the real challenges that are there. I'm trying to yeah. use my social media time in the morning or middle of the day and not in the evening because I just think that that helps balance. Um, I want to know what's going on, I want to pray about. Um, the needs that are out there and want to physically do whatever I can do um, to be part of the solution for whatever I can be. But I think the later evening, they just really have to guard and protect that time so that rest happens since this
1: is going to be quite the journey. Um, I realized a couple days in, so we we had spring break and then the world's weirdest week last week, um, mm-hmm. I think like everybody not the world's weirdest week, America's weirdest week for sure. Yeah. So the first part of last week was super rough because that was when like the gym closed and Starbucks closed. And that was kind of my, that was kind of how I was dealing with stress. And then the stress level started to creep up and up and up and up pretty fast. And then, you know, they canceled all the things. And also the gym and um, Starbucks closed. (laughs) And I'm like, That So my stress went up and I can't mitigate it. I don't know what to do. So it took me a a few days to kind of find some new rhythms that aren't perfect. They're not anywhere near as delightful as waking up at 5.30 and going to the gym and Starbucks, but they're, they're working and I'm able to burn off some of the crazy. And um, Hmm. I'm finding that I do pretty well, not being too weird about it right until like, like witching out right around just before dinner time when Mm. I am totally fried and like, like I'm just tired. I've made all the decisions I'm can manage to make plus three times that again. And then I'm like, I wonder where we're at now. Like it's been, it's late enough in the day that I can check and see like where Alaska is as far as cases go. And we've been doubling every couple of days. And so I'll start like, Googling. I Google the same things every day. So it's convenient. There's a little like drop-down menu that has all my go-to Google COVID-19 Alaska, whatever. And um, it's so bizarre to like sit here staring at a thing that I know it's not going to be updated, but like compulsively refreshing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, um, maybe I should stop. And usually by about the kid's bedtime, I've burned myself out on that and I can pick up a book and do something else, which, so that's working for me. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I just wanted to turn our conversation a little bit to our series. Um, I think it's no accident that we've been talking about peaceful home this past couple of months. Um, I think for me, it's been really good to front load some strategies for keeping relationships peaceful, keeping our home space peaceful and, Um, Our planned episode today, we can see where it goes. We talked about wanting to quiet self-criticism, and I think there are lots of ways that we internalize negative thoughts about ourselves um, or find every flaw, every, you know, thing that we didn't do well and really dwell on those things. And so boiling all of that down, I just want to talk today about thoughts why they're important, how our patterns of thinking add to our piece or take from it. So I'd love to hear from each of you uh, a personal story or example of how self-criticism or uncertainty, doubt, negativity has played out in your own life.
2: Well, for me, and I don't think this will be a surprise to anybody who has heard me talk on the podcast before or reads what I write typically, but a lot of my self-criticism and negative thought processes, processes all relate to perfectionism or many of them circle back to perfectionism, this idea that I should be doing better or getting more done. Um, And I think that for most of my life, I had this feeling that my self-criticism would somehow help me and encourage me to do better. This like negative motivation, thinking that like, if I'm recognizing how terrible I am at X, Y, and Z, then that will make me want to do better. But just... You know time and growing up has taught me that shame is never a good motivator right I know that with my children I knew that when I was a teacher um, why do I treat myself that way I don't I don't know and that's certainly not how God speaks to us or attempts to motivate and encourage us and I don't know where that came from but that has been a big part of it for me is I, I have had to relearn how to talk to myself
1: yeah. And I I have a little whiteboard. It's like, I don't know, six by eight inches in my bathroom on which for the last year or so, I randomly like write a haiku. And usually they're just like stupid stuff for my husband to, to read. And the thing that's currently up is something like, and I'd have to count to see if I've got the syllables right. You know, I'm just trying to remember but what it says is I feel defeated this job highlights my weaknesses and none of my strength and so I'm right now I'm in this season and a quarantine is not helping us any where Mm -hmm. um, my lack of structure and the the problems that it causes seems like the thing that is the problem right now. And I kind of, I've heard repeatedly a a story about like, just an illustration, what's bigger, a quarter of the sun? Well, obviously the sun is bigger, but if you hold a quarter up, just right, you know, out at arm's length, you can block out the sun with a quarter. And I feel like structure right now is kind of my quarter. Like I'm blocking out. That's the only thing I can see. Can I ask Robin,
2: do you mean that you feel frustrated by the lack of structure and that's like keeping you from seeing what you are doing well? Is that what you um, mean by that?
1: All all I can see right now is how my inability to successfully implement structure and systems in my home is making my home chaotic and like Mm -hmm. how much better it would be if I could just get myself together and make some routines for the whole family that work. Like it seems like it shouldn't be that hard, but having tried repeatedly for years, um, I am sort of starting to come to grips that it will probably never feel natural. My friend, a friend of mine talked about feeling like walking around in clown shoes. And I will probably never actually be as good at it, even trying really hard as some of my friends are. And I need to just... Work with what I have.
0: One thing that was really interesting to me back in my counseling season last year is my counselor had pointed out I'm not a linear person, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. And I was like, "What do you mean I'm not a linear person?" (laughs) Because I had never really thought about that. Um, She's completely right. I am not a linear person. I do little bits of everything, and they all kind of move forward their own way. Um, But one thing that helped is she said, "What you are a systems person, and so I think of everything in terms of a And the trouble that I've had in my own household with my systems is I put a system in place and nobody follows it. (laughs) So my frustration is like, why can you children not do the things that I've asked you to do in this order, this way? You know, because it all feeds into something that would work super well if everybody was compliant, but because they're not. um, I have spent a lot of years feeling extremely. Frustrated that I just can't hack it at this like house cleaning deal like keeping things orderly, um, you know, home organization and decoration and all the people who are good at that. I am like, how, how do you do this? (laughs) Because I'm just not good at it. And it's just been really helpful. Jenny from our kindred mom team talked to me. It was probably a year or two ago. We were talking about the she knows about my challenges in this department because we've been friends for a really long time. And her home is very neat and tidy, very well maintained. Everything is organized. It has a place. It's the most peaceful place I have probably ever been. (laughs) It's her house, which is why I come and visit very often. Um, And my house is like the complete opposite of that. And she pointed out to me, she's like, Emily, you have a lot of people who are working against you (laughs) because I have all these creative (laughs) children who like, they're just like me in the sense that they're thinking lots of things. They're starting lots of projects. They're, you know, and up until that point, I never realized that I really have tried very hard and, and it is the breakdown of the system. Like, everyone has to be on board with that. And so I just wanted to say about self-criticism that um, I think that sometimes, and I would say most of the time when it's criticism, self-criticism that dips into a negative place, that it it can be really not grounded in truth. Because I believed for a long time that I just wasn't good at this when really the challenges in front of me were larger and, and different than I thought they were. It wasn't about me not being good enough. Uh, it was about um, something completely different entirely. And only when I could acknowledge that and see that could I find another way to handle it, which did not involve feeling guilty, feeling inadequate, feeling like I should be better at something that I just am not going to be better at. I have to figure out some different solutions for getting my kids on board. And as I have struggled through that, things like this have gotten better. <laughs> so uh, I just think negativity mm-hmm. and our own thought process, um, criticism of ourselves is not helpful. I think it it can just really stand in the way of things that would bring blessing and growth in our families.
2: Mm -hmm. I think uh, one of the things that's coming to mind for me is the importance of Doing some self reflection and getting to know ourselves better, not for the purpose of tearing ourselves down, but so that mm-hmm. we can understand how we best operate. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, Emily, with the observation your counselor made about not being a linear thinker. Like, and then that's so helpful as you, uh, when you want to attempt something new, you know the best mm-hmm. way to go about it. For me, I've always had these negative thoughts about myself being lazy or not having any self-discipline and that's one reason why the enneagram has been a helpful tool for me as a type nine realizing like oh it's not so much that i am lazy it's more that i am always trying to preserve this like status quo and Mm -hmm. sense of peace and Mm -hmm. just having that understanding changed the way i thought about Mm -hmm. it internally and so i think that that's you know it's easy for me to do, a, if I'm mm-hmm. reflecting, I can easily get too negative yeah. very quickly and instead learning how to do some self-reflection honestly, right? We're not trying mm-hmm. to deceive ourselves or something, but for the purposes of uncovering more about my motivation, about the way that God has created my mind and my heart and my body so that I can better approach these situations that I don't maybe feel naturally good at.
0: Yeah, one of the Mm -hmm. things I wanted to just highlight since you said a couple of these phrases is the difference between self-reflection and fault-finding. Like Mm self-reflection means like we can take an honest look at what's going on here in our own souls and our minds. Fault-finding is much more about looking for what's wrong with us (laughs) and um, Mm -hmm. there are things I think that we all have that could use improvement or could stand some healing or Mm -hmm. some growth but there's a really big difference between discovering things about our own character that doesn't have to be about just identifying what's wrong and dwelling on the fact that it's wrong, um, which is another point that I wanted to make about considering things versus making conclusions about them. Because I think the negativity that I have struggled to eliminate from my life really comes when I say I can't do this. So it means that I am not worthy of love or that I am, you know, like when you take it a step further and make a conclusion about an observation you've made about yourself. um, I think that's where things Mm -hmm. get a little bit
2: dicey.
1: Yeah. My hero in this regard is actually my seven-year-old. I I told the story in the essay that I that we published mm-hmm. in February, but like we were just talking about stuff and about school, and she's like, Yeah, I don't think I should go to public school this year. I've been homeschooling her, and her older sister has gone to public school this year. And she's like, I don't think I should go to school. And I'm like, I'll kind of lean in that way. Why? You know, tell me tell me what your reasoning is. And she's like, Well, because some of the people might be mean, and usually when there's a bully, I become a bully. And like just totally matter of fact, there was absolutely no self-condemnation. There was just this like, matter of fact, this is the thing that I struggle yeah. with. And if we can make accommodations, I would really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, I need to do yeah. some of that.
2: Well, I just want to say that probably she has learned that from somewhere, Robin, you know. I imagine that some of that is coming from the way that you and your husband talk to her about Mm -hmm. her own strengths and weaknesses and hopefully some of how you talk about yourselves as well, you know?
1: Yes, probably better talking to our children about their strengths and weaknesses. Like I'm we're always just so much harder on ourselves than we are on other people. And so I, I have a much easier time being like actually just today Brian my five-year-old was like mom I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm so hard to parent I'll try and try and be easier (sighs) on you and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) little boy like and like and I just have all the grace for him and like I know I know where he gets that he makes a lot of very questionable decisions lately um but he's also delightful Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just, I have so much grace for that. And I just gathered him up and we talked about all the things and how um, how delightful he's been since moments before he was born when I realized he was actually like pushing against the top of my mm. belly to shove his head down, like to force contractions to happen. And I'm like, what mm. is this? That has never happened before. Also, give mm. me a second. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he was literally. So I was telling him about how he helped himself be born, and that was wild. And um, like I was like, "You've always just been mm. delightful." But if I were to sense, well, when I do sense myself being a hard mom for my children mm. to be with, or difficult to husband, I don't. I don't have anywhere near that grace. Um, mm-hmm.
2: I think that's why motherhood is such a gift and can be such a good teacher if we let it, you know, because we can recognize some of those differences that we would never, you know, and most of us are never going to only focus on our child's negative qualities or the things that they're struggling with. Right. We recognize that they need a balance of teaching and correction and just love and grace that we have to celebrate them and tell them the good things that we see in them But we, that's not our natural tendency with ourselves, right? And so I think that that's one of the reasons why motherhood is such a gift in my life, because it makes me reflect on some of these dynamics.
1: Definitely. I've, I've, I've thought a lot about actually, like, there have been a lot of moments where I'm parenting my child and I'll feel the Holy Spirit, like, whisper, like... You listen to yourself yeah. right now. Well, it's kind cool. of like when you like, say to
0: your kid, "Can you just listen to me right now?" And God's like, "Ding ding ding." <laughs> You're like, <laughs> um, anyway. There's a couple scriptures I wanted to bring up because to me they're really, really applicable to our thought lives and the things we think about. And one of them is Ephesians six twelve that says, "For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly." places and then also 2 corinthians 10 5 and 6 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pret- pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of god and we take every thought captive to the obedience of christ These verses talk about spiritual forces, heavenly places, you know, it's it's kind of like lofty language because Paul and, (laughs) um, (laughs) which is a little bit beyond my very simple life as a mom. But at the same time, like just for me, it's been really powerful to recognize that thoughts come from somewhere. And I think that my thoughts are my own. Like, I think I must be a terrible mom because fill in the blank X, Y, Z. And I just really have, grown to believe that I think those thoughts come from the enemy a lot of the time or or that there is a thought that I have Mm -hmm. that is then fueled and heaped with like insecurity you're not Mm -hmm. enough like all of these kind of accusation like you you can never do this right and just recognizing that that doesn't make it true you know, that just because it's something that I think that feels very real and feels like this could be true, um, doesn't make it true. And that's why taking a thought captive, kind of taking a thought that we have and taking a closer look at it and saying, is this actually true, Um, is important because if we're not doing that, how do we take the thoughts that don't belong there and make them obedient to Christ? Like those, those things kind of go together. So, That leads me to one last thing I want to say about this is that it it really does, to me, point to the value, to the importance of of having a true north or knowing that there is an ultimate authority, um, that God is that Mm -hmm. ultimate authority and how he has revealed himself in scripture and what he has taught us about love and and his character um, of what he calls us to as Christians is not about perfection in the sense of you have to be good enough to to be accepted, but that to receive his grace and be able to recognize the appearance of truth that isn't actually true as it comes in the form of our thoughts and our feelings so that we mm-hmm. can put those things aside and receive what is actually true, what is actually sustaining our, our hearts and our souls as we continue pouring into our children's lives. There's a lot of big thoughts there. I feel like I've kind of like opened a, a big can of worms that maybe I can't actually eat. <laughs> uh, can't. But at the same time,
1: can't wrap up in the yeah, next 10. You
0: know it's, it's kind of they're big ideas, but I guess I just want to say that self-criticism is not something that I think is is useful for us. There are so few times that criticism gets anybody anywhere. And I actually do apply that idea to other areas of my life. Like when I see someone ranting on Facebook about, you know, these people are not doing this the right way. I'm like, oh, it's easy to criticize. (laughs) That's my phrase in my mind right now As people are making judgments about, you know, these people took their kids to the park or those people hoarded all the toilet paper or, you know, I'm like, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to criticize and mm-hmm. jump over the line of of like choosing what is prudent for myself and what my family needs right now, to becoming negative about things that are really a waste of my energy. <laughs> so, anyway,
2: yeah, I I liked what you said, Emily, too, about um, us needing to have a true north. You know, because I think that. Combating self-criticism is not just about like empty affirmations or trying to like pump ourselves up, right? But it's about reminding ourselves what's really Mm -hmm. true about Mm -hmm. ourselves, about God and about who God says we are. And I think that... Sometimes it can be easy to, like you were saying, succumb to the lie that these negative thoughts we have about ourselves mm-hmm. are the truth, right? And I think it's important to remember, well, what does God actually say about me? Yeah. Like, what does Jesus have to say about who I am? And for me that's so important it's not enough to just attempt to stop the negative thoughts but it's that I have to have something better and more true to replace them with Um, I have to preach to myself you know so to speak about what's actually the truth and what I need to remember because otherwise there's just all this empty space there's like a vacuum for Mm -hmm. the negative thoughts to fill
1: Mm -hmm. I've beat this drum before but um gratitude a lot of times fills that yeah. void for me. Um, like when I can sort of reframe the things that I'm criticizing myself about um, in the instance of the the structure yeah. thing, um, the friend that I was talking to is a, a structure ninja. Um, she's just super good at all the things and I need one of those in my life. <laughs> right. It's amazing. Uh, but she she was talking about how she can't do nurture. That's that's where the clown clown shoes comment came in. She's like, when I try, feels like I'm walking around in cl- clown shoes. It's so like thinking about how intuitively I do nurture, and like that that's hard for other people, and that that's actually mm-hmm. a strength, um, and like one is not better than the other. They're both necessary. So we learn what we can yeah. learn, but be thankful for the the place that we are coming from because it's not like I don't bring any strengths. I just don't yeah. bring that one. Yeah,
0: I think those are beautiful thoughts. And we are running short on time. So I do want to wrap this up. But what you were saying, Lindsay, um just reminds me and I shared this with you guys when we met in California for our kindred mom retreat. And I think I'm gonna have to find a way to reproduce it or make it to share with our kindred mom listeners and our friends because it's so good. But my dad, years and years ago, I'm pretty sure from like the seventies, I'm not even sure how old it is. He Xerox copied something from a class that he took in a Bible program or something that has like 60 some verses of who I am in Christ that are like just references and like the little phrases out of those Bible verses that talk about who I am in Christ. And I just think that those are the things that I return to again and again when I am stuck in the place of feeling inadequate, insecure, like I'm too much or I'm not enough or I'm not doing things as well as this other person, um, that taking those things away and finding uh, these phrases from the Bible that just say that, you know, who am I in Christ? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like that is a serious (laughs) truth bomb there, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, um, seeing how loved we are by God, um, how patient and loving and forgiving he is of us in our shortcomings that receiving his grace does honestly require that we acknowledge, okay, yeah, I'm not great at certain things and I have made mistakes and I am as a Comparison to the holiness of God, I do not achieve that level of righteousness. But the righteousness of Jesus is applied to me. That—that that is the whole point mm-hmm. of the gospel. Is—is that is his mm-hmm. his righteousness is applied to me, and so how he sees me is whole and complete, that I am lacking in nothing, mm-hmm. that I am growing in my my faith and maturity and my character as I walk with Him, and that there is so much hope and freedom from self-criticism or any other person's criticism, to be honest, mm-hmm. when we are seeking Him for those answers. so. That's what I got. I really appreciate you ladies so very much. And I just hope that our listeners will receive this humble offering of um, our conversation about overcoming self-criticism. It just is not something you need to waste your time with. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Anyway, thank you ladies so much. And I can't wait till we can talk again.